trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Dr. Julie Weatherington-Rice and Jennifer Fish, Ohio Water Guardians, who helped create the incredible Central Ohio Greenways Project, connecting the Central Ohio region with over 230 miles of trails for everyone to explore parks, neighborhoods, rivers. They are a commitment to science and protecting our most vital natural resources, clean and safe water and soil. Dr. Julie Weatherington-Rice is the senior scientist for the local engineering firm of Bennett and Williams. They specialize in the installation and management of public water supplies and the protection of our water, soil, and air. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Education in Earth Science Education, a Master's in Science and Geology, and a PhD in Soil Science all from Ohio State. She first began working with the Franklin Soil and Water Conservation District in 1974. She later served as their first urban conservationist under a special two-year grant from the Ohio legislature. She is currently developing a virtual PowerPoint and video training program for new soil scientists in cooperation with the Association of Ohio Petiologists and the Ohio Department of Health. Among other training videos will be a series of the geology and soils of the Franklin County Metro Parks. Jennifer Fish has been director at Franklin Soil and Water Conservation District for 20 years. She has led the development of the organization into one of the largest districts in Ohio. She directs and supports a staff of 17 natural resource professionals with the mission of promoting responsible land use decisions for the conservation of soil and water resources, accomplished through conservation easement acquisition, stormwater program planning, stormwater pollution prevention, development plan reviews, construction site management, green infrastructure, and stream restoration demonstration projects, stream resource and natural resource mapping, and education and outreach to county residents. Jennifer has a Master of Science in Natural Resources and Environmental Policy from The Ohio State University and a Bachelor of Science in Biology from Baldwin Wallace College. She is certified as a Certified Municipal Separate Storm Sewer Specialist through EnviroCert International, Inc. and serves on the board of the Ohio Stormwater Association. So my friends, our listeners out there, these folks know what's going on with water. I am grateful to these two women, somewhat behind the scenes water guardians. Because of them and because of you, we have 19 trails, including the Alum Creek Trail, Big Run Trail, Big Walnut Trail, Black Lick Creek Trail, Camp Chase Trail, Cherry Valley Trail, Darby Creek Trail, Downtown Connector Trail, Hayden Run Trail, Hell Branch Trail, Heritage Trail, Main Street Trail, Ohio to Erie Trail, Olentangy Trail, Panhandle Trail, Regional Trail of Significance, Rocky Fork Trail, and Scioto Trail and T.J. Evans Trails for biking, running, and hike trails I've gotten out with my kids, my husband, and on my own for over 25 years. In addition, they've been working on waterways to open up for kayaking and canoeing right here in our backyards. So it is Thanksgiving week, and as activists, we're always working so hard on making something better. 
I think it's time to share some gratitude and thanks for the hard work these two women have done to protect our water and increase our uh, recreational choices. So my friends, let's get started on how the Central Ohio Greenways got started. Let's start with you, Julie. Well, it, it actually starts in two different ways. It starts in the 1970s when Ohio got the money to build 315. And in those years, the, the Federal Highway Administration had a, had a deal that 10% of the money that got spent on highways had to go to alternative forms of transportation. And we were coming down along the Olentangy River, which was, of course, a critical waterway. And I don't really know who got the bright idea, but somebody got the bright idea. And it may have been Bob Teeter because he literally was living on the river that they would put that 10% into bikeways along the Olentangy. And so as the highway was built, the easements were obtained all the way down both sides of the Olentangy and the bikeway began. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it comes in 1995 when Ohio Department of Natural Resources um, was then the home for the Division of Soil and Water Conservation, which was the state arm, is the state arm for the county soil and waters. And they managed to convince, and I never know how these things happen, but they managed to convince the state to create a fund called NatureWorks. And this was the first set of funding to go to special projects for dream restoration, and for protecting stream corridors. The money passed in the 95 budget and they approached Franklin County because they would approach us for a lot of things and said, would you like to apply for a grant? We would like to start preserving stretches of the waterways. And we thought we'd start in Franklin County because we already had the Olentangy. And so Tim Richardson, who was at that point in charge of developmental controls down at Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission. And myself, were both on the board for Franklin District. And so we sat down and we wrote the grant and organized the coming together of the 42 political jurisdictions in Franklin County that the district provides service to. We were awarded the grant. There was money to purchase easements. There was money to do some planning. There was money to hire a staff person. And so we sat down and Tim said, who are we going to invite? And I said, we'll invite everybody. Half the people will show up and half won't. And we'll have such a wonderful time that everybody else will be sorry and they'll join. And that's pretty much what happened. It was a very exciting coming together in the beginning. And the fact that that County Commissioner Arlene Shoemaker lived on Big Walnut and County Commissioner Dorothy Teeter lived on the Olentangy and both had great affinities for their streams got us two county commissioners at the table every meeting. Well, you know, everybody else is going to say, oh, if the county commissioners are there, then we have to come too. Metro Parks was a very early person or group on board and they came and they brought all of their expertise. And the city of Gahanna, at that point, it was Mayor Jim McGregor. And Jim comes from a a background of parks and recreation. And they had managed to get easements on all of their streams in Gahanna on both sides. So we started out with 720 miles 
of essentially stream corridors, if you count both sides of the, the rivers and the and the creeks in Franklin County. And we started out with almost 50% of them already protected through the Olentangy, through what Gehanna was doing, and then all of the parks that were situated along streams in Columbus, metro parks, in the communities. And so it was a patchwork, but it was already there. And people were already using the stream corridors for parks and for recreations. Julie, can yes. I interrupt you there? I sure. would like for folks who are listening who don't know what an easement is. Jen, can you let folks know what an easement is? Because uh, and why? Why do we need easements? So what we're talking about here is conservation easements. So there's a lot of different types of easements. So the way I would describe it is whenever you own property, you actually own a bundle of rights to that property. Um, and you actually can sell or somebody can purchase some of those rights while you still have, you know, majority owner and some control over that property. So for conservation easements, what we're doing is we're buying the rights to keep that property in a natural state um, and keep development off that property so that it can um, be used for natural resources. Now, when we hold an easement, the owner still has control of that property. And they still have quiet enjoyment of the property but they can't build on it. So we actually purchased that from them. But why not? I mean, what's the reason why you have an easement anyways? What's the purpose um, of it? One, you want to preserve that area. So somebody in the future, like if if you're close to your land and your property and you have the, the means to do so, um, you may wish to, when you pass on, or if you want to leave a legacy of conservation, you'll want to keep that part in an easement. So that's one reason. The other reason is you do get tax benefits available to that because you do end up lowering the property costs. Um, what's the, what is the environmental impacts of oh, not having it? selling it for the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. What's the environmental impact? Why? So, oh, absolutely. Well, that to me, that's, um, that's why we do it. Um, so we hold the easements because we want to protect one. We're really looking along those string corridors, like Julie talked about, because if we can keep a buffer along the stream, one, you're, you're filtering off all that stormwater runoff so it doesn't run directly into the stream. You're protecting those stream banks um, with good vegetation so you're likely um, less likely to get severe stream erosion. Not all, in, in urbanized streams, it's tricky, but it can help with that. And then you're also keeping a cover over the stream, which actually helps stream, an urban stream that gets pollution, assimilate that pollution. So a stream can better recover from pollution sources if it actually has cover and it has natural um, a natural access to the stream bank. What um, do you mean by so, cover? Um, cover, like tree canopy cover. Um, yeah, because you don't want the, you know, a, a, a stream that's in full access to the sun, like a ditch, <laughs> um, is going to be too hot for the fish and the bugs and the wildlife to survive in it. So you really want to keep that stream temperature a little lower. Um, and also you want that nutrient access to the falling leaves and the fall in the vegetation. And you also want to reduce the amount of um, sediment erosion or soil going into the streams because that covers up all the base for insects. Now, insects don't sound exciting to everybody, but if you're a fisherman, you should love insects because that's how the fish survive. Um, and not to mention, you know, us that love the outdoors, you know, we love the turtles and the frogs and and the ducks and everything else. And the birds really access that um, stream corridor as well. Excellent. Well, and it, I'd like and to go back to Julie. Continue, Julie. 
1979, when I was working at Mid Ohio Regional Planning Commission, we actually inventoried the condition of the Olentangy River because because 315 was being built and we inventoried it from the Delaware Dam in Delaware County all the way down to the confluence with the Scioto River and spent the whole summer going up and down that river and putting in substrates to literally um, identify the water quality all the way along. Um, and actually that piece of data was very helpful when we got the greenway started because we at least had a really good inventory on one of on one of the main rivers through the area. So we have this background data. We know that we want to preserve the streams. We know that we want to keep them covered. Um, we want to keep them cool. We want to make them fishable. We want to make them clean enough so the kids can wade in them. But those are kind of ephemeral ideas and not everybody's going to go for it. But what we did with greenways, and I think this is probably what the magic tool was, is that we sold them as bikeways because everybody loves trails and bikeways. Mm -hmm. More people love trails and bikeways than love forest cover along their streams. Or easements. Or, or yes. And so by paving a strip through that cover, we got people out along the streams in a way that they weren't using them before. It morphed into all of the watershed projects throughout the county. And then as Jennifer will tell you, we're way beyond Franklin County as well. It, it was just this really good idea of, of reaching out to people who would not traditionally have been walking along the creek, but who would run along it or who would bike along it and who would then discover this, this beautiful place and fall in love with it and want to protect it too. And it, and it increased the number of supporters in Franklin County to the extent that they were telling their communities let's link this park with this park with a trail and let's link another park with another park with a trail. And the next thing you knew, communities were doing bond issues or other things to buy easements of their own along the stretches and were paving them. Money was coming to the district in various ways to also purchase easements. And it just, it grew. It just got a life of its own. This is Grassroot Ohio, and I'm Carolyn Harding. And today I'm talking with Dr. Julie Weatherington-Rice and Jen Fish. They are both water guardians of Central Ohio, and they have been founders of the Central Ohio Greenways Project. Let's talk a little bit. We know these trails and the trails were originally, you originally started doing this work for easements. And now there are bike trails and um, hiking trails. And there also are waterways. People are using the waterways for kayaking, canoeing. Jen, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I can talk a little bit. Now, Julie has a lot of the history of how all this got started. Um, once we got to the point of getting, um, getting, you know, the at that time it was called Franklin County Greenways, not Central Ohio Greenways. Um, once the time we got that started, we started to realize that we did have a little bit of a, a challenge in that the conservation easements that Franklin County held were on private property. So we weren't buying those rights for the, for the bike trails. So people could not put bike trails there, but the idea of protecting 
the um, streams was very important. So the bike trails was an important subset of that. So as a result, actually, Mid-Ohio Planning Commission really took the bike trail section off of, um, took over that with still us on board. We all worked together, but they took leadership of that section of it um, for the bike trails. And we took um, leadership of that private conservation section of it where we hold those those private easements so we can coordinate together. So I just want to make sure Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission from that point forward really led with Metro Parks on the trails um, that we have today, which is exciting. Like you said, um, in your introduction, we have so many different trails. So um, it's fun to celebrate that, yeah, we were there at the ground and the founding to get all this started. But then as things grow, it's great that we have very flexible leaders um, in the Central Ohio area where we can divide and conquer. So Mid-Ohio really took this, the, the trail part, which is probably the more visible, exciting part, in fact, they even have, um, if anybody wants to check it out, um, you can Google Rapid 5, and they have um, their next vision for trails in Central Ohio. So for anybody's excited, and we sit on that committee and we do support it, um, but they do lead um, the bike trails, the, I don't know if you want to call it the sexier part of conservation. <laughs> <laughs> But, but we are there uh, really trying, our mission is always getting conservation on the ground. And mm-hmm. I think this, uh, where this really helped us springboard is I think it helped us think differently as a district. So, you know, we were very traditional working with um, farms, farm programs. Some, you know, Julie was paving the way for the urban programs, but it was still very early days. So I think this, the easement program and bringing all the people together to the table really brought more people to have the conversation on conversation, conservation and water quality. And for us, what's that springboarded into over the years is just, you know, all kinds of programs um, where we really try to encourage conservation. So um, back then when I started and I started just at the end, like 1998. So just as Julie and Tim were getting this, um, this program off the ground, then I think I was hired with some of those nature work spots <laughs> that they actually fundraise for. So then as a result of that and doing those programs and getting out to the community more and thinking of ourselves more than just doing construction site inspections and helping with farm bill programs, um, we, we grew our staff. We had five staff all the way. Now we have seven, well, we have 20 staff today. And we're doing um, cost shares for rain gardens on private property. So somebody wants to put a rain garden on their property, we can get them cost share in some communities. Uh, We do cost share for residents or rebates is what we call them for residents. If they participate in um, stormwater education courses, they can get rebates to do rain barrels, compost bins, and native plants. So while we're thinking about, you know, the trails and getting people out into nature and enjoying and protecting those stream corridors, we're also thinking about how do we make all these residential properties a benefit to water quality? Mm. So how do we provide those incentives and have those conversations so that we can actually um, bring the conservation values um, to both public and private properties? So Jen, and- where would people go? What, what website to get some information and get connected about these, these um, rain barrel and... Um- the little garden incentives. Right garden? Yeah. Um, the best resource is really just to go straight to our website. Um, so that's www.franklinswcd.org. Say that again slower. Oh, sorry. <laughs> www.franklin, 
swcd.org. Okay, great. Um, great. Other resources that are related to us, um, you can also Google Community Backyards, and that almost always gets you directly to our program. And you can also Google um, Gardening for Clean Water, and okay. that'll get you to our pay or get you to some of our programs too. So we've got it branded in five different ways to make sure people can find us in different ways. All right, Julie, back to you. Well, since it is the week before Thanksgiving, I'd like you to give some shout outs, both of you, to people that have really been uh, our forefathers and mothers in conserving Central Ohio's water. Julie, I know you know a lot of them. Why don't you give us give some shout outs for folks that have really helped out? Well, I think, you know, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Bob Teeter. Um, because before he was director at Department of Natural Resources, um, he was also assistant dean at Ohio State University in the Department of Ag. But many people don't know that he was one of the founders of the Ohio Environmental Council. Um, he was working with water issues before many people were. And I think Tim Richardson is, is not recognized as much as he should be. He clearly was a hero in thinking ahead in terms of protecting the natural resources of Franklin County. And when he retired from Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, he went to work for five years for the Nature Conservancy and helped get a number of their easements through the whole central Ohio area. I think that those are two people right off the top that aren't remembered in the way that they should be. Um, but the history of, of soil and water conservation districts in this state is such a strong legacy. And it's so involved with restoration, um, reclaiming much of Ohio from historic erosion um, and, and destruction during the 1800s and the early 1900s. You have a whole legacy of people that most people have never heard of who have been working for decades and decades and actually centuries to pull this state back together. How um, about you, Jen? Do you have any folks that you would like to shout out? All right. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, we definitely, it's always great to have Julianda recognize um, the founders and people that really got this rolling because uh, we would not be here um, if it weren't for that. Um, currently, I really, our biggest partners, at least on this front, as far as um, trails and uh, conservation easements, work Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission, definitely their commitment to trails and even the water trails now that they're moving into is outstanding. Um, and that Metro Parks is always an outstanding partner. Um, so I would think that those, um, we are very fortunate to have, uh, be able to work with them um, to move some of these forward. We could also not do the work we do without um, the watershed groups, Friends of the Lower Olentunzi Watershed really supports a lot of our efforts. And so does um, Friends of Ellen Creek and Tributaries. Um, in addition to all of our municipal partners, we have well over 20 working agreements and they all in different ways support these programs and projects. So we are just lucky to have so many supporters and partners to work with. So when we take that clean glass of water when we have it in our houses. Um, we can be grateful for all these people that have always known that water is our most vital resource 
and to protect it. We have only one minute left. Actually, yeah, one minute. I would like you to tell us what do you see as the most present threat to clean and safe water in under 20, 30 seconds for you. Jen, let's start with you. That's easy. Um, Increasing population, which Central Ohio is always growing, and climate change. Those are going to be our two biggest threats to water quality in Central Ohio. Do you have solutions in your website so people can help you? Um, Yes, we do. Um, Probably the biggest thing you can do is soak in that rain wherever you can. Plant a tree, plant native plants, um, keep the water on the land and soaking into the groundwater and not rushing it off into our streams is going to be our best solution. All right. How about you, Julie? What are some of the most pressing threats to clean and safe water? Well, I look statewide, um, although they're true in in central Ohio as well. Um, As I look at the eastern part of the state, I am continually concerned about the way streams coming out of the oil and gas drilling industry uh, and their flagrant use on roads and being dumped into streams and being disposed of um, in, in various dangerous ways that, that, will, that is impacting our, our water and our soil and our air. Um, I'm concerned about the whole issue of the blue-green algae that affects literally every reservoir and pond and, and lake in the state of Ohio. And while that is naturally occurring, it's one of the oldest life forms on earth. It's three and a half billion with a B years old. It needs food and it needs heat. And it gets food from soluble reactive phosphorus that comes off of the farming areas, but also from other places. But it's the, it's the temperature increases and the changes in weather patterns that are driving the fact that it continues to expand. It's toxic. It pollutes the water and it, and it poisonous. So those are two really big things. And one of them is- Julie, we're wrapping up. I'm almost out of time. All right. One's driven by climate and the other one increases the climate. So you can look at it both directions. Okay. So let's go back to being grateful. It's Thanksgiving week and I am grateful for your vision, your inspiration, your persistent hard work. And folks out there that are activists- When you're feeling exhausted, down and out, and maybe even depressed, just remember Julie and Jennifer and all the good work that they are doing right now in Central Ohio to protect our water and um, enjoy your family, be grateful, and do everything you can every day to protect our water, air, and soil. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP, 107.7 FM Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.